Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. I'm Kathleen Hayes, along with PM Fox, on the road again, broadcasting live from the Kimpton Morrison House Hotel in Alexandria, Virginia, the Washington metro area, home of Bloomberg 99.1. Taking a look now, Pim, at retail. You know, no matter where you are, you can go online and buy stuff. I wonder what it means for brick-and-mortar people here in Alexandria. Yes, well, we know what it means for a lot of retailers, such as Macy's, as well as Nordstrom's, after learning about their quarterly results. So we'll be speaking with Christian Magoon. He's the chief executive and the founder of Amplify Investments, about a new ETF. It's about online retail. All right, right now, let's go to Charlie Pellet in the Bloomberg Newsroom for Bloomberg Business Flash. And uh, thank you, Pim. Thank you, Kathleen. Stocks are trading at the worst level of the day. This update brought to you by Pershing's Insight 2016 Conference, a must-attend for advisors June 7th through the 9th in Orlando, Florida. Register at insight2016.com. That is I-N-S-I-T-E 2016.com. Two regional Fed Bank presidents say at least two interest rate increases may be warranted this year because the economy continues to expand and inflation is picking up. Pushing back against expectations, the central bank will delay action next month. Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta President Dennis Lockhart says his assumption is two, possibly three moves this year. He was joined at the Politico-hosted event by San Francisco Fed colleague John Williams, who said, quote, gradual means two to three rate increases this year. Torsten Slock is chief international economist at Deutsche Bank. He was interviewed this morning on Bloomberg Television. One very important driver of rates is the economy. So if inflation goes up, rates go up. If inflation goes down, rates go down. But in this globalized world, with 50% of treasuries held by foreigners and 50% held domestically, those foreigners are actually really important. So that's why both private foreigners and central banks abroad are very important drivers. And the supply in the U.S. of treasuries has actually been declining quite substantially over the last several years. Right now, we've got the Dow down 204 points, a drop of 1.2%. S&P down 22, a drop of 1.1%. Gold up Four tenths of one percent to twelve seventy eight. Right now it is eleven thirty twelve thirty two. Charlie, thank you. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Mark Crumpton. House Speaker Paul Ryan is reacting to a new poll that shows more Republican voters trust Donald Trump to lead the GOP than the Speaker himself. He's wrapping up the nomination. I good Lord, I hope it is because the person who's getting the nomination of our party is the person to lead our party. The chairman of the National Transportation Safety Board testified today about last year's deadly Amtrak crash in Philadelphia. Christopher Hart says speed controls on the tracks would have provided a safety net. If a PTC system had been active there, this train would not have derailed on the curve. Close to 200 passengers would not have been injured, and eight other passengers would still be alive today. The crash killed eight people. The debate about funding the U.S. fight against Zika continues. House Republicans have proposed spending about $622 million to fight the spread of Zika in the U.S. That's only about a third of the $1.9 billion requested by President Obama. The House version would be financed by cuts to unspent funding passed in 2014 to battle Ebola. Florida Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz is calling on Congress to approve President Obama's proposal. This is such an urgent issue that Governor Scott, Senator Rubio, President Obama and myself all agree on on it. 
The House could vote on their funding measure this week. Michael Barr, Bloomberg Radio. A federal appeals court is delaying the release of a list of co-conspirators in the 2013 George Washington Bridge lane closing scandal. The ruling calls for a June 6th hearing to decide whether to release the list. Global News, 24 hours a day. Powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus around the world. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Mark Crumpton. Charlie? And we thank you. And at 2.34 on the East Coast, 11.34 on the West Coast, we are brought to you by SEI. Imagine your asset management firm's operational infrastructure as a competitive advantage. Let SEI show you how at seic.com slash imagine. Again, the Dow down 209, S&P down 23. That is a drop of 1.1%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Continuing our live broadcast here at the Kimpton Morrison House Hotel in Alexandria, Virginia. We're in the Washington metro area, the nation's capital, home of Bloomberg 99.1. No matter where you are, retail is certainly a big question right now for investors and for the markets. Some news out on e-commerce sales. They were up 11% year over year last month. Sounds good, and it is, except it's the lowest rate of growth recorded so far this year following a tough month broadly for retails, retailers, which we saw in the government's retail sales last week. We're going to put a focus now on e-commerce as we introduce our next guest, Christian Magoon. He's CEO of Amplify Investments. He's got a new ETF, and he's got a lot to tell us about what's going on with online commerce. Welcome to the show, Christian. Thanks, Kathleen. Appreciate you having me. So how did you, first first of all, let's talk about e-commerce and uh, your new ETF. It's it's unique and it gives people a chance to invest in e-commerce plays, which you can't do with a lot of retail sales ETFs. That's right. We saw an opportunity. Um, online sales are growing at a, a pretty gr- a significant rate in the U.S. And, and globally, and there wasn't an ETF that really focused on companies that had a majority of their revenue coming from online retail sales. So we launched iBuy to take advantage of that. A company has to have 70% or more of their revenue from online retail sales to be in the index and thus in the ETF. Give us a little bit of your own history because you have been an expert and uh, a, a, a industry um, uh, creator in uh, exchange-traded funds, Christian. Yeah, thanks, Pim. I've uh, been doing, uh, uh, been launching ETFs since uh, 2005. I've launched over 60 ETFs in the United States, many of them first-to-market products, first solar ETF, the first brick ETF. Uh, this is kind of in that same line, launching the first online retail ETF, uh, trying to access a unique market segment that's complementary to the existing ETF selection that is out there. So I'm not all about um, launching ETFs for ETF's sake. We have to provide new uh, in, in market segments and exposure, and that's what iBuy did, in our opinion. So e-commerce uh, is has certainly grown rapidly, uh, and it's happening in an environment where the the traditional brick and mortar retail part of this was already very overstored, right? And uh, people are already kind of wondering where what kind of fallout there would be. We're seeing a lot of retail bankruptcies this year. How do you how do you measure e-commerce, and what do you look for when you go to put a company in one of your ETFs? But this one in particular, your iBuy. Yeah, so um, iBuy is an index-based ETF. It seeks to track 
uh, before fees and expenses, the EQM Online Retail Index. So the index provider actually has to go into all the retail companies really globally that meet a minimum market cap and uh, trading volume history, and then go into their balance sheets and determine uh, the percentage of revenue they receive from online retail sales. And the benchmark that they've created is a company must have 70% or more of their sales coming from online uh, retail to be, be in the index. Uh, so that involves a fair amount of uh, going into company financials. It's not like we're just buying the 50 largest market cap companies in that space. Um, and we feel like that's an item of value uh, to investors. And what's interesting is you see about 43 companies actually qualify globally, um, a majority of them in the U.S., um, it, uh, under those uh, criteria. Christian, let me just throw a couple names at you. Just maybe you can expand on the concept so that we understand the strategies that are so diverse in the online retailer and retail space. Uh, Etsy, Blue Nile, Overstock.com, Grubhub, uh, HSN, Priceline, uh, Shutterfly, eBay, Expedia, Netflix. Tell us about how they all come together. Amazon. Right. So there's really three types of companies in the ETF PIM. Uh, the largest allocation is traditional retailers. It's about 60% of the ETF. And these are companies like Pet Meds, um, companies like Land's End that are doing, again, 70% or more of their sales from uh, through an online channel. Uh, the second largest weighting is um, online marketplace companies, and these are companies that really create a, a place for you to buy and sell. So think of eBay, think of Etsy, for example. And then the final area is online travel. Uh, Expedia, TripAdvisor are, are great examples. Priceline, again, um, companies that are providing travel services um, and um, receiving the majority of their sales from online. So you get a diverse group of companies uh, in these three different market segments, and then about 75% U.S. exposure, 20 outside the U.S. So what is your bet on online retail? Has it, uh, is it starting to plateau? I mean, I still buy most everything in stores. I may never change much. Uh, my daughter buys more online. Uh, or, or do you think this continues to grow? It's a great, How does this play out? Yeah, it's a great question, Kathleen. Uh, currently, even though a lot of people are familiar with online retail sales, it's only 7.5% of U.S. To- total U.S. retail sales. So we think they're um, this this has room to maybe double or triple over the next four or five years, and we've seen research that supports that. So I think it continues to grow dramatically. Christian, uh, will you come back and uh, spend time with us sometime in the future? Because I'd love to talk to you about social media and what you're doing there. Would you? Uh... Absolutely, Tim. All Thanks. right. Christian Magoon, he's the chief executive founder, Amplify Investments, uh, Colorado Springs, uh, Colorado. His Twitter handle, at Christian Magoon. You're listening to Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by Celebrity Motor Car Company, the luxury of BMW, the performance of Maserati, the innovation of Lexus. Walk the red carpet and get the status you deserve at the Celebrity Motor Car Company. Visit CelebrityMotorCar.com.